Well, before we get started, well, as we get started, um, gonna need a, I'm going to need a volunteer. Give me a hand. Evan, can you be my volunteer? By volunteer, I mean I just asked you to come up here. All right. Evan, I'm going to ask you some questions. Let's get, let's get you a microphone. There you go. This is my voice. Good. First question is, is that your voice? Yes, indeed. Okay, good. So, Evan, uh, first question is, is this. Can you tell me if uh, a wire is run through a wall and it's a 14-gauge wire, do you know what the maximum amperage of breaker you can legally use with that wire is? I do not. Mm. Do you think you could explain to the good people of our church the difference between three-phase and two-phase and single-phase electrical current? No. No. All right. Uh, do you think you could explain or, or answer for me um, the uh, times in which it's necessary to use a GFI-style outlet if you're building a house? No. No. Um, let's see. Keith, any more questions for him? You think of any good ones? Where it's, it's not going so well so far. This is a rough start to the sermon, folks. Um, let's see. Do you want to try one more, or are you, you think you're about done? I don't know. It depends on if I can answer the question or not. That's a, that's a fair answer. Um, let's see. What, uh, let's see, last question. I think this is all the ones I have prepared, and i got to try and think of one off the top of my head. Um, what's the maximum run that you can use a 16-gauge extension cord for? How many feet? How long is the extension cord? No, I'm asking you how long it can be. Oh. Right, that's my question. Oh. I don't know. All right. Well, Evan, your answers have been a bit disappointing. <laughs> but that's all right. Did anybody else struggle? Let's, let's help Evan out. Did anybody else not know the answer to any of those questions? All right. You're, you're, in, good, you're in good company. You can go ahead and sit down. Let's give Evan a round of applause. He, 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 certainly, he certainly earned one. Good job, Evan. Well, we've determined that... Uh, that Evan is definitely not a licensed electrician. I think, I think we can conclude that with, with a great deal of certainty. Um, I have to confess, it's, uh, it is Peace Sunday. We announced that last week. We've talked about it a lot today. I just want to be clear up front, the, uh, the message today is not really going to be a message about peace. Uh, it's really just the sermon that came forth as I was spending time this week reading about peace and uh, studying and just being in the Word and, and some things that God was, was speaking to me. Um, I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 4 this morning, reading a verse about peace but kind of focusing on, on something else. Now, Evan 
did not do such a good job with those questions. But we do have a few people in the room that would uh, do much better with those questions and could probably ask plenty of questions that would also stump me and that I would have no answer to. And we're not going to do that this morning because I get to decide who comes up and gets a microphone. Um, can you guys see me okay? Yeah. Well, if you can see me well, that's uh, thanks to uh, Keith Lowe. So make sure you say thank you to him. He was here almost all day yesterday uh, running wires up to code and legally so we could have some new switches and some new lights in here uh, and make this a little bit more more comfortable for all of us. Um, so we, uh, we, we appreciate him, and I appreciate his expertise as he knows exactly what to do and what, what size breaker and what gauge wire and the right way to wire things so that they're safe and up to code, and, and he has an incredible knowledge and understanding in that area. As we look at our Christian lives, often we look at other believers the way I look at Keith in relation to knowledge about electrical. We look at other believers, and it's so easy to see how much we do not know and how much we don't understand. Right? I, I get that. I don't think I shared this already. If I did, I apologize. But it, it, a recent one I um, was right after the um, kind of the, the huge fighting erupted in Israel and. I, I saw a couple of pastors, you know, famous, big name, big church pastors, kind of walking through what they were going to be talking about the Sunday after that, and just this incredible knowledge and understanding of scripture and prophecy, and, and they were just talking about, even in their just summary, even them in their saying, these are the key points, these are the topics, I realized I have just no... <laughs> It's no understanding compared to what they're doing. And, and perhaps you also have situations like that. Situations where you look at other believers, pastors, people in the pew next to you, people that are, are older and have been in the faith longer, or what's even worse is someone younger who's been in the faith less than you have and knows way more than you do and has far more understanding. We can get nervous about that. We don't want to do it wrong. We don't want to mess up. We don't want to do the wrong thing. We don't want to be acting outside of God's will. And so often, that leads us to a place of inaction. So I was reading in Philippians, and I was reading a, about in a number of biblical passages that, that discuss peace this week. And... Uh, Chapter 4, verse 7, just jumped out at me. It says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, a little plug for Sunday school. There's another passage where Paul writes that we are to allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts. And there's a really cool discussion to talk about what it means to have the peace of God ruling in our hearts and that it also is, is what guards our hearts. But we're not going to talk about that. If you want to talk about that, you can come to my Sunday school class after service. Shameless plug. 
But it says this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Now, what that means is this, Paul's identifying to us, if the peace of God is in your life, it doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been a believer, how many times you've attended Sunday school, how many degrees you have, how many district assemblies you've been to. It doesn't, none of that matters if the peace of God is in your heart. It will be beyond all of your understanding. And Paul points out to us, it, it's such a, it's, such, it, it's, I can never get over when there's three words in the Bible that can just radically change my whole outlook on my life. But it, it surpasses peace that surpasses understanding. If his peace is in your life, you're not going to understand it. You're never going to get to a point in your life where you say the peace of God is in my life and I feel good about it and I understand it and I can comprehend it and I know how it works and this, it's never, ever going to happen. No matter who you are, no matter what your experience, one of the characteristics of that peace and I think we can, we can fairly say, say by extension just everything that God is doing in our lives, it passes our understanding. And what that means is that we're never going to get to the point where we're comfortable with what God is doing in our life in terms of our understanding of it. Right? There's, there's things in our lives that, that we need to understand how they work. Right? There's things in our lives that, that you don't really want to engage with it until you understand everything about it. Right? We drive by the highway, and uh, how many people, I don't know how many people drive down like towards Salem often, but a few years ago they did that giant, giant construction project. Remember that? And they had the giant, like, huge rubber, like, curtains, right, to keep the rocks in the, it was this huge, huge blasting project. And if someone, if you were there and someone just waved you over to the side of the road, they said, hey, somebody called out today, we'll pay you $40,000 to work for one day for us. That sounds like a pretty good deal so far. Forty grand, you work for one day. They said, but what you need to do is you need to be in charge of all of the explosives and the dynamite and the, I don't know what they're using these days, but you're in charge of it. So you're going to just take it and physically carry it in and place it and set it up and get the, the fuses and, the, and you're going to oversee the whole thing. How many people would take that deal? Some of, <laughs> there's a couple of you that are very, very brave and possibly need to pray for wisdom. But that's in, or, or maybe just we have some, some explosives and munitions experts in here, which is also possible. <laughs> but that's kind of the whole point, right? You wouldn't mess with an explosive that's big enough to blow up a mountain without fully understanding it, without knowing to the answers to questions like, will it be ignited by a spark? Will it be ignited by an impact? How far away from it do I need to be, right? That's, a, that's it's an area in our lives, where you need a great deal of expertise, you need to understand every variable, every factor, everything about it in order to have anything to do with it. And often, 
We treat the Holy Spirit that way. Now, the Holy Spirit is similar in some ways. It is powerful. It is explosive. It is, it is infinite in its ability to work and to do things. However, it is not nearly as dangerous. And we are called to engage and allow God to work in our lives. Because the Holy Spirit is not just a pile of explosives. The Holy Spirit is a living person and member of the Trinity. If dynamite was alive and loved you and wanted the best for you, you could probably handle it a little more haphazardly because it's not going to blow up and kill you. The Holy Spirit, the work and the presence of God in our lives is not this, this inhuman, impersonal, just explosive and dangerous force that we need to refrain from engaging with at all until we have a full and complete understanding of it. Because here's the thing, we're never going to have a full and complete understanding of it. I say, uh, I, say uh, I feel like I say it often, that, that there are, are things in my life and, and ways in which God works that uh, I just know they work and I, I don't know why yet. I can't, I can't explain it yet. I don't, I'm getting, I'm getting better, but I don't fully understand yet why laying hands on people works. But I know it does. I know that when people have laid hands on me, it has a, a, a more significant impact that it's, it's different. I don't, I don't know all, I, I know some reasons why, I don't know all of them. If you allow God to work in your life, if you allow him to use you, here's the reality. You will be doing things that are beyond your understanding. You, you will be. That's the defining characteristic. Now, if you're a new believer, all right, there's, there's mul- like everything, there's, there's multiple sides to this. Am I saying that we should never try to learn, that we should never go to Sunday school, that we should never study? That, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I had a conversation this week with a mentor of mine who challenged me on my prayer practices as a pastor and challenged me in the ways that I prayed for what was going to happen on Sunday morning. And he called me out on some things. More than that, he just was showing me some new things. He gave me some some pointers. I learned and I was able to more effectively pray for our service this morning. We need to grow, especially new believers need to, to learn about and understand and because the, the degree to which we can engage with God increases as we learn more about him and he's a person and, and in the same way as when you start dating another person, you want to learn about who they are just because you care about them, not because it's useful information. Develop a relationship with him, but, but this sermon, the other side of that is if if we wait until we fully understand to begin allowing God to operate in our lives, we're never going to be done waiting. You can go to Sunday school every week, go to small groups throughout the week, watch preachers online for years and years and years. You can get degree after degree after degree 
But if you've done those things, first of all, you know that the more you learn, the more you realize what there is left that you don't understand. And you're never going to reach that point where you fully understand. You have that confidence in your grasp of the concept to begin to act. And we need to be spiritually discerning. Again, especially if you're a new believer. When my kids first started riding bikes, not Caleb, because he's going to skip them, because he's a maniac. But my other two, my other two kids, and most of us growing up, our first bike had training wheels on it, right? Because when you're new to riding a bike, you need that stability to keep you upright, to learn how to pedal and stop and and do these other things, it it keeps you safe. And in the same way, new believers need a, a, a sort of training wheels. They need to be cautious. Because until we learn to discern the voice of God and what his voice sounds like and how he leads us, it can be dangerous. We can very quickly think we need to turn one way and then we end up just in a, a pile of of cuts, bruises, and bloody knees on the side of the road. It's important to be cautious and careful and have parameters until we learn. Like as you learn to ride a bike, you learn to ride instinctively. You don't have to think about what you're doing. Here's the other thing. Most of you know that I, uh, I love to mountain bike. And... Um, I've uh, I've done it for a while. It's something that I really enjoy. I've got a I've got a a nice full suspension mountain bike, so I can jump off stuff and have lots of fun. and And I love to do that. But if I got to the top of a mountain and was about to go down and over and around rocks and trees and logs and corners and rough terrain, if I got to the top and said, you know, I'm I'm a little worried about this descent. It's it's a pretty tough trail. It's pretty pretty dangerous. I think I'm going to slap on some training wheels to keep me safe. Right? That would be that would be a maybe not a death sentence, but it would be a hospital sentence for sure. Because while training wheels do provide balance for a beginner, they also prevent the bike from operating the way it's meant to operate. You can't take a corner at more than 5 miles an hour with training wheels. You can't go through a three-inch wide gap between rocks with training wheels. You can't lean over into a corner. You can't push the bike to the side so you don't lose traction. It would be disastrous if I, as a mature mountain biker, tried to ride with the parameters and the safety measures of a child. And in the same way, as we mature as believers, if we move back into that, if we, if we begin to worry that, that we're stretching out too far, that we don't understand what God is calling to do or where he's leading us in, in big things or little things, we can revert to that and say, I'm just going to stop and do nothing for a little while. I'm going to play it safe. I'm just going to... One of the things that drives me nuts, and uh, 
and maybe I'm, I, I may need to, to mature a little bit in my, in my feelings about this and, and balance a little bit, and maybe I will when I'm older, but it drives me nuts when we're making big decisions in, in church things and um, you know, even things that we're praying about like on, on, on a district level and directions we're going, and, and somebody will say, well, let's pray about it for a month or two. Right? That, I mean, there, there are times where we need to see how a situation plays out, or, but when that becomes our default, and I've, I've known people that that was their default, that I think God's calling me to do this, I'm going to pray about it for a month or two, and that becomes trading wheels. Now, if you're a new believer, and you feel God is calling you to quit your job, and you say, this is kind of the first really huge thing that I've trusted God with since becoming a Christian, go ahead and pray about it for a month. Take your time, right? Learn what his voice sounds like. But if you've been a believer for, for doesn't matter how many years, enough time that you know what the voice of God is, and he has an answer for you, why do we say, well, I'm going to pray about it for a month or, or two months if he has an answer today? And in our effort to be safe, we end up putting training wheels on and potentially missing opportunities that God has laid before us. Now, we need people who are educated just like we need licensed electricians, right? You need licensed electricians like we did yesterday to make sure we have the right breaker in the panel and the right gauge wire to support the load of the lighting and make sure the wire gets run properly and it's not somewhere where it's going to get a screw put through it and burn the building down. And we need, we need the expertise for that. We need ex- that expertise in pastors and leaders within the church as we guide and, and set up sort of the, you know, the, the framework and the fundamentals of our church. I need to be well-educated theologically so I can spot things that are happening in our church in areas that we're going, the things that we're saying and teaching. One of my jobs as your pastor is to be the, and, and here I'm one of the, many, but one of the resident theologians. And we have people, and there's, a, there's quite a few of us here, we're incredibly blessed, that we have people here that if you have a really tough theological question that you can go to myself or other pastors and educated individuals in our church that have been to college and studied theology at that level and say, hey, what do you think, you know, what is this saying? How can I understand this? In the same way that I'll call Keith or I'll call my brother Danny, who's an electrician, and say, you know, hey, I want to put this thing in my house. What do I need to get? How do I do that? How do I do this safely? There's a time for that. There's a place for that. There's a need for that. But we also have to balance our knowledge and our action. And we often get this place where we, we want this level of knowledge for this level of action. But that's not biblical because because it's beyond our understanding. We're never going to understand him more than our experience of him. This is biblical. Our experience of God, the degree to which God is working in our lives, should always be greater than our understanding of who he is in, in anything. 
big, little vocational ministry, driving through a toll booth, God tells you to do something, whatever, your understanding should always be below your experience. That, that's the model that's given to us. I'm going to ask Evan to come back up on stage. Now, Evan doesn't know. I'm going to fall over. Evan doesn't know how, uh, how long this extension cord could be as a... Uh, I think this one's a 16. Evan doesn't know how long this 16-gauge extension cord can be and support the wattage of this light. But I think he knows what these are. Can you hold those for me? Hold this. Hold lots of stuff. Now remember, we established early on that he's not a licensed electrician. We're not going to have him wiring switches. We're not going to have him making decisions about, about the, the power grid or anything like that. He doesn't, he doesn't understand much of the technology and the physics of what is happening in the items he's holding right now. But when the lights go dark, when we walk into a world that is full of darkness, can you light it up? That's the model. You don't have to understand it completely. You don't have to know why it's now 140 instead of 120 volts. You don't have to, you just need to know how to plug it in. You need a little bit of understanding. Just a little bit of understanding to go even farther in your experience and in your action. You can go ahead and sit back down, Evan. Give him another round of applause. So hey, go to Sunday school, read your Bibles, listen to podcasts, read books, do all of those things. The only thing I don't want you to do is don't get into that place. And hey, I mean, we opened it up for testimonies at the beginning of this service, and you guys didn't stop. God's working through you, okay? This isn't, this, isn't a, this isn't a sermon of condemnation. This is a sermon of encouragement, empowerment. But don't allow yourself to get into that place where you say, well, a couple, couple more books, and I think I'll be ready to start engaging others with the gospel. Don't be in that place where you say, well, maybe another 10 or 20 years of Sunday school and I, I think I'll be ready to, to maybe a little bit start speaking prophetically into the lives of people around me and sharing things that God is telling me. Don't get stuck waiting for your understanding to surpass your experience. Be responsible, be careful, be prayerful. If you have a question, call me or another pastor or another leader in our church and ask them, what do you think about this? 
They will help you remain safe. They will help you to, to, to remain within the scope of our, our, our beliefs in the Bible. But we need to be more comfortable, myself included, with acting and experiencing beyond our understanding. That's how the kingdom is built. Let's pray. Jesus, I have to wonder, you became human like we are, you experienced everything that we do. We know at least that there were a a few things that were hidden from you by the Father. You talked about about you talk about times and days and how only the Father knows and I wonder, Lord, if there were times in your ministry where even you felt stretched, not because you were not enough. Not because you didn't have access, but just in your adoption of our nature. I think of your prayer in Gethsemane. You prayed to the Father that if there was any other way to let the cup pass, but his will, not yours. It certainly seems to indicate that our lack of Understanding our inability as humans to fully comprehend the divine was in some way present in you. So Lord, I pray that we are faithful with the gift that we've given. Father, I don't want to be a church full of people that come in on Sunday morning and just sits here in darkness until, until Keith or John show up because we need a licensed electrician to turn on the lights. How often do we wait for someone more qualified to just turn on the lights when we're standing right there and we don't know how to wire the switch and so we feel inadequate to operate it. But we know, we know you, Lord. We all know you in varying ways and different degrees, academically, personally, experientially but we are all equal and that our understanding is always incomplete let us not get stuck in that let us not become stagnant just sitting and waiting until we feel we're ready to work Because it's not our power. Evan didn't light up the stage. Electricity, power flowing into a filament did that. He just had to plug it in. 
And I pray, Lord, that we would be, every one of us, more open in humility, in prayer, more open to being ready to allow you to work in and through us, even when we don't comprehend. For all that you have done and will do, we give you thanks. We love you, Lord, and we ask these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who allowed your presence and spirit to flow so powerfully on this earth as we seek to do the same. Amen. Amen.